I am ready for some warmer weather. Yes and no. The cold weather is where I thrive. Mm, I don't like waking up in the morning and it being like 30 fucking degrees outside. Well, I think it's a little bit different when you live in the south. When it's 35 degrees in the morning and then 70 in the middle of the day and then 35 again. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I like a cool, crisp, like 65. Consistent. I mean, if Consistent. it could stay around 77 year-round, I'd be fucking happy. Mm, I need fall. Yeah, what are you talking about? That is fall at the beach. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, I literally just described our fall weather. I don't know. I've 77 seen... for three months out of the year, and then it's colder than a witch's tit for two months, and then it's just summertime. And then it's hot as fuck. Literal hell. Devil's taint. I mean, as soon as you walk outside, swamp ass. Mm hmm. But you won't catch my ass out on that beach early in the morning. That's where you find the bodies. <laughs> You're going to find the bodies washed up on shore. <laughs> I think that's what it would be like. Which brings us to our topic today. Of course, I was going to say to walk up on, but you know, <laughs> is this about a dead body right on the beach? Up on. It is. Okay. It is. Probably the most famous dead body that's washed up on Never the beach. Never even heard of it. Mm -hmm. You've never heard of this guy? No. What? No. This is informative. This is like one of those classic mysteries. It's been it like is. on It's been on the Normie news like 60 minutes. The Normie news. <laughs> eh, what can you do? Well, Sam, let's uh not keep the people waiting. We are going to talk about the Summerton man down in down under in Australia. He is one of Australia's most infamous unsolved cases. Um, he's never been identified to this day, still pending. His identity is still pending. That's crazy to me. In the age of DNA that mm -hmm. they're just now like trying to put an effort in shit's wild yeah. in australia i wouldn't you ain't wanna, lying i wouldn't get want to go to the beach there that's for fucking certain <laughs> i barely want to go to australia because they have five foot wide spiders i'm good on that no well then they have microscopic jellyfish that will kill you see no just no i'm good i'll see photos and i'll read about australia but i ain't fucking going there no nah, sorry that's why all the British prisoners were dropped off there. They're like, if they, they can't live through all that. I wouldn't. I'd have a heart attack day one. One of those huntsman, they, huntsman spiders gets, no, I would die. That'd be the only thing you're worried about? They get in, like in the, in the car vents and they like come through. I would, I would fucking have a heart attack. I want to say people keep them as pets too. I was going to say that too. Like they have them on, like they can walk them. No. <laughs> Eric. They walk them? Yeah. No. Hold on. I, Eric. I, we might need somebody to fact check that. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying I think to convince you got Photoshop bombed. <laughs> no. Is this the time for me to try to convince you that we need a huntsman spider? It's not or is that I would not come in this house. <laughs> it's not happening. We'd have to podcast outside. The whole reason you weren't allowed to get a scorpion was for the same reason you're not allowed to get a spider. I would come in the house with a scorpion, would not come in with right? a spider. Neither, but Let's continue. <laughs> in 
A trail of breadcrumbs have led to the discovery of the man's possible family members all the way down to his great-grandchildren. On November 30th, 1948, around 8 p.m., a couple was walking near the beach and spotted a man lying in a strange position. It caught their attention for just a moment, and long enough for the husband, whose name is John, to think like, oh, that's that's weird. He must, he must be drunk or asleep. It's just a hobo sleep. God knows yeah. I've passed out on the beach here at night before, pissed drunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you no weren't shirt on. Yeah, well, somebody <laughs> did kick me to make sure I wasn't. Oh the man didn't react to the flies around him, which should have been an indicator that he wasn't alive. Well, he'd been dead for a while then. Ultimately, they decided not to approach him. They thought he was just drunk or asleep. On no, December 1st, 1948, so the next morning, at 6.30 a.m., police were called to Somerton Park Beach near Adelaide, Australia, when the body of a man was found lying with his head resting against the seawall with his legs extended and his feet crossed at the ankles. The two boys that found him were out riding horses. They were apprentice jockeys and initially thought that the man was just drunk or asleep also. It must be a common occurrence on this beach. <laughs> That's what I'm like, thinking yeah. in my head. I'm like, this is, people I, pass out on the beach a lot? Probably. Like Adelaide, Australia. Yeah, one too many beers. <laughs> oh, my God. He's on the piss. There was an unlit cigarette on the right collar of his coat. At first, it was just another ordinary death. Nothing significant was found. However, something caught the eye of the police. There were no documents to identify him, and there were no reports of missing persons in the area. No one could tell police who this man was. No one seemed to have moved the body. It was almost as if he just laid down to rest and just kind of died. Case closed. Yeah, right? That's it. Pack it up, boys. He was wearing a white shirt, brown pants, a tie, socks, shoes, and even though it was warm both during the day and at night, he had a European-style sweater and jacket. He was dressed up. He was dressed. Yes. Well-dressed, like business attire. Yes. Not something you see out on the beach. No. But what makes this even stranger is that all of the labels on his clothes were removed. So, like, the tags on your clothes, gone. Almost like somebody didn't want to know where he was from. Mm, I'm getting to that part. His pockets held an unused train ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach, an empty packet of Juicy Fruit, a comb that was made in America, an Army Club cigarette packet, which was made, I believe it was made in Britain, in the U.K., in a box of matches. The train ticket was purchased 820 feet from the crime scene. Pathologist John Burton Cleland said that the man had a Britisher appearance. He was about 40 to 50 years old and was in extremely good physical condition. Part of his report read, 5'11 with gray eyes, fair to ginger-colored hair, Slightly gray around the temples, with broad shoulders and a narrow waist. 
hands and nails that showed no signs of manual labor, big and little toes that met in a wedge shape, like those of a dancer or someone who wore boots with pointed toes, and pronounced high calf muscles consistent with people who regularly wore boots or shoes with high heels or performed ballet. So what you're telling me is he never skipped a leg day. He never skipped a leg day. No. John said, quote, I would not be surprised if it were if it confirmed that he died of poisoning and that the poison was probably a glycoside and that it was not administered. What I cannot say is whether it was administered by the dead man himself or by someone else. John, Interesting. Yeah. So it's a potential suicide or a murder. Yes. He just doesn't know how it was given to him. John noted that the man's shoes were clean and appeared to have been freshly shined, unlike we'd expect from a man who'd been wandering around all day. So his body could have been moved to the beach since his shoes were so clean. Like, like he wasn't just like walking on the beach. They just dropped him off. They just plopped him down. Here's a good spot for you. Yeah. Take a nap right here, buddy. The dirt nap. <laughs> a sand nap. Ugh, nobody likes sand in their asshole. No, it's, it is zero out of ten. Of course, zero I don't think he cares much <laughs> at this point. No. Another pathologist, Dr. John Dwyer, found that the Summerton man's last meal was a pastry eaten about four hours before he died. There was also blood mixed in with the food in his stomach. There were no foreign substances in his body either, so like no, like, Nothing that wasn't supposed to be in there, um, except the poison. Well, well, they can't they can't confirm if it was if it was actually poison at this point yet either. They're gotcha. just they're just speculating at this point. But he did have internal bleeding and an over enlarged spleen that could indicate an untraced poisoning. But yet there was no trace of poison found. There was an intense strain found on some of his organs, including his heart. So it's like his kidneys, his spleen, and his heart. And I think there was another one. Um, causing them to be three times larger than normal. Who is he, the fucking Grinch? I don't know. Did he find the meaning of Christmas and <laughs> collapsed on the beach? <laughs> we solved it. We solved who the Grinch is. <laughs> it's the Summerton man. The who's killed him. <laughs> this fucking who's poisoned him with the pastry. He went the way of Rasputin. It's not the who pudding. Or the who roast beast. <laughs> I think he was trying to get some pudding. There was no sign of vomiting and convulsions where he was found either. So when you are poisoned, I don't I can't imagine you go quietly or still. No, it's it's pretty fucking violent. So there was no disturbances in the sand where he was found. And there was no vomit near him. He was plopped. Yeah. That's what I'm gathering. Yeah, because you would normally see like some frothing at the mouth and a lot of... Yeah, no, he was clean and everything. Dr. John Dwyer said, quote, I am convinced that the death was unnatural. I suppose the poison used may have been a barbiturate or a soluble hypnotic. 
Robert Cowan, a chemical expert, examined the samples from the body, and he said, quote, I think the cause of death was a heart attack, but I can't tell what caused the attack. That seems a little more plausible than a poisoning. Scant heart attacks, they... That would explain why his heart was enlarged. Maybe. But not the rest of his organs, so it doesn't Mm-mm. really make sense. But it could, it could attribute to... How he went so peacefully? Have no. you ever seen somebody say, I have a heart attack? Then they fall over. I don't think it's very peaceful. No, more peaceful than poisoning. Oh. You know, I don't know which is worse. Because it's he didn't have any head trauma, so it's no. not like he collapsed no. and hit his head on the rock. No. The guy... Basically, just laid down and died. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. He put on his best clothes mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to go out like the fucking Titanic. But that doesn't explain his clean shoes and there was like nothing. I don't know. Well, he had to get out of the Clearly, nobody somehow. dragged his body. There wasn't like. No. He just put his shoes on before he got, like, after he got down to the beach. I mean,. He wasn't found far off from the beach, from what I could tell. Mm-mm. Even in the pictures, you could see, like, where he was just kind of just... Just chilling. Yeah, but it was, like, a weird position. It yeah. wasn't, like, back against the wall. He it definitely was, like, didn't have a drink in hand. Let's put it His, like, way. tops of his shoulders and his head was against the seawall. Yeah, like, in a weird... Like, yeah. It's like, like he went to light up a cigarette and just didn't have the strength to light up a cigarette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Somerton man was embalmed. A death mask was made, which is basically just like a cast of his face. They made a plaster cast of his upper shoulders and head. Yeah. And he was then buried shortly after. The locals pooled their money together and paid for a headstone and a funeral plot so that he could be buried with respect. That's very nice of the community. I know, I love that. Australian police released his image around the world, but no one has ever identified the man. It's as if no one in the entire world knew who he was, which is impossible. Very hard to believe. Now, granted, it is 1949. Eight. Yeah. 48 when he died. So I could see how, like, News doesn't travel as fast as it does today. Yeah. But still, like, somebody's got to be missing this guy. Someone somewhere is definitely missing him. Unless he's, like, a ghost. But. We'll, We'll get to that part. On January 14th, 1949, employees at the Adelaide Railway Station found a brown suitcase in one of the station lockers, which they found out belonged to the Somerton man. Inside were several common items of someone who was traveling. They had clothes and um, stuff to shave his face with, like the brush and the razor and all that. But there were... Other more unusual items, such as a knife that was extra sharp and a pair of scissors often found on merchant ships. The clothes inside also had all of their labels removed, further solidifying that the suitcase belonged to the unnamed man. He hated labels. 
He's like, I'm not going to be a corporate billboard. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Fast forward a few months, the case's most iconic clue was found. It was a tiny rolled up piece of paper with the words to mom should on it in the Somerton man's pockets. How they missed this I, on Jump Street, I don't fucking know. I don't know. It was also like 1948. Yeah, but like detective work, man. I don't know. The words were printed as if it came out of a book. A local library official and well-read local linked the page to the last page of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. I think I said that right. It's a Persian book of poetry by Omar, obviously. And Tamam Shud is said to mean the end or finished. Well, that's fitting. Right. In the search for the book brought the police to a 1941 edition of the book. It, an anonymous person came forward revealing that they'd found a rare first edition of the book of poetry, the Rubaiyat, in the backseat of their car, which was parked and unlocked near the crime scene the night before the Somerton man was discovered. The person claimed they have no idea how it got in their car. It also had the last page ripped out. On the last page, the like the second to last, I guess, there was a was a faint indentations of five lines of handwriting in all caps. And it's basically a bunch of gibberish. It's five lines of just letters. Yeah. There's no word. Um, There's no code here. It's, no, it's just. So it reads the first line W-R-G-O-A-B-A-B-D. The second line reads M-L-I-A-O-I. The third line reads X. The fourth line reads M L. I-A-B-O-I-A-I-Q-C. The fifth line reads, I-T-T-M-T-S-A-M-S-T-G-A-B. Yeah, there's, it's just There's nonsense. speculation that it's Some the first of letter of every word on a poem of his. Like he wrote kind of like an abbreviated Poem. Interesting. I don't know. That's, Sam's that's in it. Did you kill the Somerton man? <laughs> yes, my name is in it. <laughs> it. It's Sam. It is me. You figured it out. She's a goddamn time traveler. I am. <laughs> the police are thinking this is some sort of like encrypted code of sorts. But even the naval intelligence couldn't crack the code. The riddle or code still remains unsolved, or perhaps it is just gibberish. We don't know. A phone number was written on the back of the book. The number led investigators to a local nurse who lived in Adelaide. She lived half a mile, just like a five-minute walk, from the crime scene. She said that she owned a copy of the Rubaiyat, but that in 1945, she gifted it to an army lieutenant named Alfred Boxall. The police brought the nurse to the museum so they could show her the death mask of the Somerton man. 
And she was said to have been near hysterics at seeing the man and even came close to fainting. But then she denied knowing him. She became evasive and refused to talk to the detectives about the man. As for Boxall, the police believed that the Somerton man was him until they found him alive and with his copy of the Rubaiyat, complete with the Taman Shud on the last page. Oh. He's clear. I don't know about her, though. Yeah, I don't know. Police did not keep records of the woman nor her contact information, and this hindered the investigation for the next 50 years. Why is it every time you guys read a story <laughs> or a investigation, the police fuck it up? You know, I was just getting ready to say, it doesn't matter where we are in the world covering a story. Police be police and dog. They, it's like they can't help themselves. Okay. Her identity was also not revealed at the time, and the Australian police threw out her name and address and only kept her phone number, essentially. So, like, just had, like, a random phone number. Which I'm sure she changed right fucking after. I'm sure. Fast forward 50 years. Detective Gary, I'm sorry, Jerry... Feltis matched the number written on the back of the book to a 1947 South Australian telephone directory. So he got a hold of a 1947 phone book and just went like he said he did like what, like a page or two a day or something like that. Yeah, a couple pages a night. And just started like going down by the number, trying to match this phone number. How'd you like to make that your hobby? Right? Like, a lot of people like bottle caps and... Stamps. Yeah. Coins and shit. Not... I'm going to go read an old telephone book. But props to this dude, man. That is dedication. Because she was far back in that. This led police back to the nurse that the police had originally tracked down 50 years ago. She was, once again, evasive and didn't want to talk about the man, and she didn't disclose her connection to the body. She maintained radio silence on the case until the day she died. Like She never said who he was or how they were connected or anything. That's really fucking weird, man. The nurse's name was finally released, um, but not. it was after she had passed already. Her name was Joe Thompson. So this guy went through all the way to T. This reeks of a cover-up. I agree. This reeks of a fucking cover-up. Something's fishy. Joe had had a son named Robin, but he passed before Detective Feltus could interview him. He was a, wait, a former ballet dancer... With like the same like with the same physical attributes as the Summerton man. He also had the same earlobes as the Summerton man, which they were connected like yeah, he, The Summerton man had very distinct earlobes. Very. Like ears in general mm-hmm. were very distinct. It is a common in genetic ancestry along with sharing the same physical traits. They both had like the high defined calf muscles. And all that. Dancing legs. Mm-hmm. Professor Derek Abbott became fascinated with the case in 1995 and would eventually locate a woman named Rachel Egan. 
and she is Robin's biological daughter and possibly the Summerton man's granddaughter. But that's not where Derek and Rachel's relationship stopped. They actually wound up marrying each other and having children. So, what what was his fucking pickup line? Like, uh, excuse <laughs> me, miss, can I, can I borrow some of your DNA? Pretty sure that's exactly what happened. <laughs> you want to swap DNA? <laughs> you wanna, you I think swap? he gave her some DNA. Yeah, well, you know, he withdrew some of hers and deposited some of his. Yeah. So it's, it's all fair. It's even. When you say it like that, I, I'm like unsexualized by that. And that's pretty unsettling. Because <laughs> I can pretty much get sexualized by pretty much anything. Don't. You, you, want, you want to swap some DNA later? Gross. Buy that. They mm-hmm. actually decided to get married the day after they met. What the fuck? It took me 10 years to marry this one. <laughs> I had to be certain. I had to be certain. Yeah, uh, they, he literally was like, let's get married. At least they didn't the drag you day. along on a riddle. Derek became obsessed with solving the riddle and would use more scientific and forensic methods than the ones used in 1948. Dear God, I'd hope so. <laughs> well, yes. But it's still also the mid nineties, <coughs> so DNA is just getting started. Barely, yeah. Derek consulted dental experts that concluded that the Summerton man had hip hypodontia, a rare genetic disorder that is the developmental absence of one or more teeth, excluding the third molars. So it can be like your incisors, or he was missing his front incisors. Uh huh. And photographic evidence presented also showed that Robin Thompson had the same genetic condition. Mm. Bringing the chance of a coincidence on this genetic connection as between 1 in 10 million and 1 in 20 million. So somewhere in between, it's highly unlikely that these are not related, is basically what this is saying. Mm. With establishing a possible genetic link all the way down to the Summerton man's grandchildren. So this is Rachel is the Summerton man's supposed granddaughter. There's some sort of progress in this mystery. There's definitely a direct link between the Summerton man and Joe Thompson. Like, uh, you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, no, she knows exactly who he is. And they probably had contact right before he died. Possibly. I'm willing to bet. Same. He did. And in 2021, just last year, DNA analysis was underway to find the definitive forensic links for the Summerton man. But why he was on the beach that day and what killed him may never be answered. Well, we are definitely going to try to figure it out right now. (laughs) The... Most popular theory is that the Summerton man was a spy who knew too much. This is definitely my favorite theory and the one that I kind of back. Um, it's almost like she was also a spy for probably the British and or uh, Australian intelligence. You think so? Yeah. 
Ooh, I would, spy meets spy. Yeah, I would. This this is all like something out of a fucking movie or a novel. Yes. It really is. All the way down to the, you know, man tracks down woman just because she might be related and they get married the next day. Where's the Lifetime movie? That would be a Lifetime movie. This sounds like a blockbuster, though. <laughs> His death was unusual. There was no direct evidence of foul play, but the lack of evident poisoning could be an espionage trick, such as ricin or nerve agents. Agents always ripped the tags off of their clothing the same way the Summerton man did, as a way to kind of hinder other, out, like, I guess, enemies for figuring out where they're from or... Yeah. Whatnot. Because if you have a tag on your shirt that's a specific store Mm -hmm. in a specific country, Mm -hmm. that's going to get found out real fucking quick. But why would a spy be lurking in the Australian suburbs? And why would an assassin be on his tail? He carried American products, British products, Persian texts from a Kiwi library book. Like, he's all over the place. Last May, the body of the Summerton man was exhumed after a lengthy, tough struggle by Derek. SA Police Detective Superintendent Des Bray told CNN reporters that the exhumation was about much more than closing the file on one of Australia's most infamous cases. Quote, It's important for everybody to remember the Summerton man is not just a curiosity or a mystery to be solved. It's somebody's father, son, perhaps grandfather, uncle, or brother. And that's why we're doing this and trying to identify him. There are people we know that live in Adelaide. They believe they may be related and they deserve to have a definitive answer. End quote. Derek also chimed in with, quote, whether he's related to us or not, we've kind of adopted him into our family anyway, because it's him that has brought us together. His cause of death isn't really what is of interest anymore. It's more who he was and can we give him his name back, end quote. They have a picture of him hanging up in the wall. In their kid's playroom. Next to the woman that potentially maybe murdered him. Um, I don't think she murdered him. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I, she has spy connections. So the dude that she gave a copy of that book to is actually like old World War II OSS type shit. Yeah, he was like a, an army lieutenant. Well, no, no. He was also in intelligence. Oh. Um, there's spy connections here. I believe the guy was a spy, but I think he may have been coming to Australia because he found out I had a kid. Yeah, that's and, also a good. And reason. I think he came over there and she fucking gave him a laced pastry. He knew it and went and laid on the beach to die. Yep. Maybe that's that. I mean, that's how I see it playing out. That I, Honestly, I feel like. That is kind of where I was thinking it was going to go. Because they didn't press her hardly at all. No. no. I mean, but she also almost fainted in the museum. Yeah, but his like. Death mask was. Mm, if that was now, they'd be pressing pretty damn hard. True. Unless somebody came and said, 
leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. Somebody, somebody could have told the cops, you don't need to question her anymore. She's cleared. She didn't do it. Maybe. Did not do it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm going with spy versus spy. That's that's my fucking theory. It's like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of thing. Mm, yes. I want to go with you on that, but I also think that it, if it was a spy thing, maybe he knocked this chick up. That's and, what I was saying. Like, he and, found out she had his kid, and he's like, I have to, I have to meet my son. Yeah, and step up. And, and, and she, she fucking killed him. Well, she's also engaged to someone else. She was. She at was the in, time. He was in the military. Was he in the military? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess the thing that's most unsettling is how, like, if he was poisoned, if he, if she did poison him, and then he went and laid on the beach, why did he pick the beach to go lay on? Uh, it was a five-minute walk. Yeah. And the... For the position, I guess. And he, well, he bought a train ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach. Yeah. So I guess he was just waiting for the train to come and then started feeling like shit. Died. Because it was unused. Like, yeah. Started feeling like shit. And he's like, that I bitch, need some fresh air. Yeah. That bit numb. I don't know. No, well, at least his last breath was fresh. Mm-hmm. Good to look at the beach. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that wraps it up for the Summerton, man, for now. Until we uh, find out if that DNA test is conclusive. We'll be excited to know. I know. I mean, I still don't think we'll ever find out who he is. But no. we'll find out if the mystery of who his Family kid is, is. Will, yeah, it will be solved. Yes. Yeah, I think he's been scrubbed clean. Almost like a ghost. Almost. That's what I was getting at with that comment. I was like, he's been unpersoned. Mm-hmm. Like no fingerprint records turned up. Because there was a bunch of really. This is when spycraft was like at its peak. Right after World War II, mm-hmm. Russia and the US and all these other countries are grabbing Nazis like they're fucking a dwindling pack of peanut MMs <laughs> under Project Paperclip and shit like that. So who knows? Who knows? I'm going with you as a spy. He dressed the part. I mean, mm-hmm. applying Occam's razor, he has all of his tags cut out of his shit. Mm-hmm. Most of the spies do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he spoke different languages. He had all sorts of shit to throw people off. Mm-hmm. Even the like the artist rendering of him, he looks very generic yeah i guess he would blend in yes with just about like he could blend in in the uk in america in australia in uh, any like western european country Mm -hmm. just about any very like fair skin gray blue eyes light hair he would just fit in he would just fit in anywhere the guy was a fucking spy that's i'm doing it that's what I'm putting down. You're tapping that in. Yep. <laughs> Final answer. I'm locked it could in never, on spy. It could never be confirmed, though. It'd be like, oh, yeah, that dude was totally a spy. Yeah, no. Well, no if one's he was ever a famous ballet dancer, we would know who the fuck he was. That's true. Yes. 
He did have them dancing legs. He did have them dancing legs. All right. Well, dance us into them socials. <laughs> First and foremost, thank you guys for listening. We greatly appreciate it. If you want to show us some love, we would really, really appreciate that. Please share the show. Yeah, share the show. Comment, Please. like, subscribe, all the things. Make sure you guys hit your downloads on. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but after a couple of weeks... Uh, what is it? A couple months. It unhooks your downloads, and mm-hmm. you won't know when we have new episodes out unless you actually open your app. And who the hell does that? Uh, make sure you guys are following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Sam needs to get back on the TikTok. Sorry, I've been That's dying. Me. Yeah, she's been dying. So she didn't die like the summers man. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> I did not. I thought I was though. <laughs> Shit. That's it. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next Friday. Stay creepy. Bye. Stay creepy.